You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. On today's episode, we are going to answer some questions. We have people who have written in. We have people who have called in. Yes, I know that's that sounds kind of crazy. You can call in. And I know that people aren't really aware of that because I don't really advertise it as much. And I probably should, which I'm doing today because some good voicemails came in with some good questions. And it's really fun to be able to answer questions from people who call in. Our line is 323-432-0025. It's funny because that number is, it's a Google voice number and I don't use it. Like I don't make calls or, or text from it. So people do call in, but if you're not using it, then they'll delete the number. So every like year or two years, I get a warning, like your number is going to be expired. It's like, oh boy, that'd be a lot of a lot of descriptions to change, changing that number. But anyway, we're using it. It's here. And I'm excited to share some of the voicemails today. I know some other things on my mind. Let's talk a little bit about negativity, negative people, negative people in your life. And this was uh, not something that happened to me personally. It was just something I was thinking about recently. And I thought, I got to talk about it here on the podcast because it's very relevant to your mental state. And your mental state is going to be very important for dating and for meeting women and for becoming an all-around better and more effective person. And when you surround yourself by negativity or negative people, or you let comments get to you on social media, for example, it can really bug you. So my wife, Megan, she is starting a YouTube channel. And the YouTube channel is fitness videos, dance videos. And I told her, I said, when you finally get your first terrible comment, like the one that's like really negative, that completely throws you off. And sometimes maybe even questions might, why am I doing this? Yes, that's right. There can be some really negative comments. I said, that's when you should know you're really doing it right. Why? Because if you have someone who finally comes on your social media and says something to you, and this is in the case where you're trying to maybe grow a business or something, not like your personal social media, although we're going to get to that because that does have to do with you. But when you finally get that first hate comment, that nasty comment, that means you are reaching enough of an audience and have affected someone so much that they care to be a jerk and you should actually clap for success because not everyone is going to like you. That's just the reality. That's the reality in starting a business. We'll say like a, um, a personal brand type of business. Not everyone's going to like you. Not everyone's going to like you as a person either. This is where the nice guy comes in. We try to get everyone to like us, don't we? We don't want anyone to hate us. We want everyone to like us. We don't want to step on anyone's toes. We don't want any confrontation. Then you know what happens? You become a boring person. And yeah, maybe some people like you, but no one really likes you. And so it's better 
to be a person who is opinionated, a person who believes in whatever they believe in and not tries to be, and, and doesn't try to be a chameleon, so to speak, where you're just adapting to everyone else and, and all those good things. So I digress a bit, coming back to this idea of these negative comments. So the negative comment I told her that you might see is someone who is just, they're, they're not having a good life. Gary Vee talks about this actually a lot. He talks about when you get someone who gives you hatred online, you got to give them empathy versus hate back. Because if they are at a point in their life where they had to say that nasty comment to you, something's going on. So we have to give that person empathy and love, maybe not respect. You don't have to respect anyone you don't want to respect but at least a little empathy and that's going to make you feel better. And it doesn't have to be outward empathy. You don't have to literally say anything to them if you don't want to. But I try to do that in mine. It's hard. I, I, I get nasty comments all the time. I get them on YouTube. I get them on the podcast. It happens. And, you know, sometimes it's interesting because on the podcast, people, some people just give nasty comments. Some people give very thoughtful long comments about why they hate the podcast. Usually those people are off base because they seem to be commenting on something that's far off to, to whatever I'm talking about here on the podcast. And maybe they just listened to a couple of episodes, but again, we give empathy and I'm talking to you now as a person who, okay, maybe you don't have a podcast, you're not growing a brand or anything like that, but you might get hate online you might see some negative comments or maybe you're not doing something or putting yourself out there because you're so afraid of that hate. Think about that for a second. Where is that applying to your life? Is there something that you're scared of doing, trying, a way of being that you're trying to avoid so you don't have to have any sort of confrontation or hate? Because I don't want you to be that person. I want you to be the unique you that you are and push yourself outside of your comfort zone to do, to do things that are going to be better for your life. And maybe you're not posting that picture of yourself. Not that you have to, I'm, I'm really not encouraging you to post on social media per se, but I don't want you to let others guide and dictate you. Okay. I don't want you to be living a life based on what others feel. And that's kind of my thesis for at least this beginning part of the episode. Because you care way more about the confrontation, the judgment, than the people who are judging you or maybe giving nasty comments do. So what, I, what I'm saying is, is okay, let's say someone leaves a nasty comment, says something mean, or if it's in, in, in real life, IRL, right? Someone judges you, says something, or you think that they are. To, to them in that moment, that's probably a, a blip of, of time in their day and they're moving on to other things. And then that blip of time, it's not a blip of time to you, at least not anymore because now you're thinking about it all day. 
the mean thing that someone said, that you saw, that you read, that you heard, and it affects you on a level that it doesn't have to. So I want you to stop hindering your progress by being afraid to put yourself out there in whatever way that you want to put yourself out there. I'm being a little bit vague because I want you to think about how that relates to you. I'm not trying to give you too many ideas. Yes, a little bit with the social media aspect, but in any way of your life, there's going to be haters and that's okay. The haters are louder. People are more prone to give a negative review than a positive review because it's a heavier and more hard-hitting emotion. That's a negative emotion. It kind of it kind of reminds me of, uh, I don't know if there was a study with this, but people talk about this quite a bit, that you are going to be, you're going to work more to defend, for example, $100 that you already have versus trying to make $100. So what I mean is, hypothetically, let's say you had to complete a task. And either, let's say if you completed the task correctly, then you get to keep $100 that you already have. Or if you perform the task correctly, you get to make $100. People are going to work harder, psychological. People are going to work harder to make sure they don't lose what they already have, then gain something. And one of the reasons behind that that I've, that I've read, again, forgive me for not remembering where this is exactly from, is because it hurts more. There's a, there's a heavier emotional response to losing something than the happiness of gaining something. So it's interesting how those negative emotions can really, really affect us. My guess is, is it's some sort of defense mechanism, right? It's like, we don't want to be in pain. Pain sucks. Happiness is great. Pleasure is great. And we like that, but pain really sucks. Anyway, point being, guys, try to not care so much about what people think in real life or online. Try and focus on doing what you need to do in your path. Let's put it this way. I wouldn't be here today talking to you on episode 704 if I didn't work on what I thought people, what I cared about, what people thought about me. So I don't, I'll say this. This is the first time I've ever said this. I don't know how many of you really know this. Probably most of you don't. My real name isn't Trip. Yep, I said it. My real name isn't Trip. My real name is actually Max. Ooh, that just blow your mind a little bit? I didn't even plan on saying that today, but it's very much related to this topic. So my friends, my parents, my family, they all, they all call me Max. And my colleagues, coworkers, my team, they all call me Trip. I respond to both. Honestly, it's, to me, they're synonymous at this, at this point. But there's a reason why I had Trip. The reason why Trip was the name on the original podcast that I did, Dudes Talking About Chicks, that was uh, that was from just me being scared of putting myself out there. So I, I faked a name, a pseudonym, which is popular, by the way, like Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, Stephen King, 
A lot of people have pseudonyms. The reason why I had a pseudonym is because I didn't want people to know I was giving dating advice. Back when I was 24, 25 years old, it felt strange to me. I felt like a fraud. So I put that name as the name on the podcast. People think, is Trip like an alter ego? Like Trip is not an alter ego. There's no difference between Trip and Max. It's the same person. I just wanted that name so I, I wouldn't be figured out because I was going live every week on Mondays on my old podcast, dudes talking about chicks. I was going live every Monday giving dating advice. And that was kind of a, I felt weird to do that. And then over the years, of course, I mean, not over the years, over the months, I got comfortable with that. I didn't even care anymore. But in that time, people knew me as Trip, And so it just felt right to keep that going because at that point, which I believed, I thought I had a, a brand big enough to just keep the name because it was so prevalent on the podcast, the old podcast. So I'm with you, man. I went to the lengths of freaking changing my, my name, not legally, but publicly, just, just to avoid any original embarrassment. And it's funny because after that, I was like, eh, I kind of regret doing that. It's like, that, that was silly. I didn't have to do that. I could use my real name. And then as more years went on, I was like, you know what? It's fine. Who cares? Like, what does it matter anyways? It doesn't matter. It's all the same, you know, but it's a good lesson. Caring what other people think of you, letting that dictate your life. Unnecessary. We're just going to die one day. Hopefully very, 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 very long from now, but we will. And we'll be on our deathbed one day. And are we really going to care about some of those decisions that we made or the things we did? You're going to care that you... You're, I'm going to say you're going to you're going to be happy that you decided to not care what people thought of you. You're going to look back and think it's silly that you didn't in moments that you did. So I want you to push yourself this week. Do the things that are uncomfortable. Make it a habit to do things that are un- uncomfortable. Because let's be honest, a lot of that fear and being uncomfortable, a lot of it stems from the judgments. Also, let's get real deep here. You ready for this one? The judgment put on by yourself. We judge ourselves so hard. We don't want to make mistakes. We don't want to make errors. We're perfectionists in our life. I used to have that as well. And I'm proud to say that I got rid of that. I'm I'm excited to make mistakes. Mistakes make you stronger. It's like working out. What are we doing when we're, when we're working out? We're just tearing down our muscle so it builds back up, so it adapts. It's all adaptation. That's how you should be looking at the mistakes in your life, just adaptation. And we're adapting to the way that we live and we're becoming stronger because of it. Going through rejection, approaching women, putting yourself out there, uh, on, on, on online dating profiles, getting pictures done of yourself, hiring a dating coach. People really judge themselves for that. Like I, I get on the phone with guys who are interested in coaching and I kid you not, like over 50%, I've done a lot of calls with guys who are interested in coaching. Like over 50% say something very similar every time. They say, 
yeah, I've, I've never done anything like this before. And I say, of course you haven't. Most people haven't. There's a lot of things you haven't done, my friend. And people will judge themselves. It's like, oh, really? Have I really gotten to the point where I have to pay to get help with women? Oh, do I really have to listen to a podcast to get help with women? Oh, am I a fucking loser? No, dude. By who? By, by, by whose terms? Who? I don't know. Someone who might be thinking that? That sounds really judgmental if someone were thinking that of you. So where, where else? Yourself? You judging yourself? For what? To get better? To get something that you want? Let's focus on what we want. Not focus on the judgment of others or yourself. Who cares what we need to do to get there? Of course, obviously, let's do things ethically and not illegally to get to the places that we want. We all might want a fancy car. Stealing, it's not going to be the way to do it. That should be pretty obvious. So what I mean is you have a desire. There's something that you want and you know you can get help. Get the help. The internet is awesome. Think about the internet for a second. It has allowed us to search anything we want and get an answer in like two seconds. And now with AI, we can use chat GPT. If you haven't heard of that, look it up. It's crazy to get answers from a robot that are extremely thorough on anything we want. By the way, I just did a YouTube video recently on asking chat GPT of dating advice. Be careful. It's not really up to speed yet. It's not too good. And I'm not just saying that. It's very... uh, a little bit too PC. Anyway, stop judging yourself for trying to get help. And don't think it's weird. The most successful people in the world learn, they read, they listen, they hire, they talk to and get mentors, coaches, experts. We're all standing on the shoulders of giants. People have already done the things that you've wanted to do. Let's make a shortcut and make this easy for yourself. So, off my soapbox now. Hope that motivates. Hope that helps. Now I want to get to some voicemails. If you want to call in, the number is 323-432-0025. I'll put that number in the show notes. Call, leave a voicemail, and we'll answer your question just like we're about to do in just a bit. If the voicemails and asking questions is not enough, you need more help, coaching is available for you. We have coaches on staff who are ready to start with you ASAP, get you a dating profile that's getting dates, get you out there talking to women, approaching women, and getting lots of dates with high-quality women. Go to tripadvicecoaching.com, apply, work with us. We can help you, and we can take you to the next level that you didn't think that you could get to. It's pretty crazy what we've been able to do. I still shock myself at how insane the coaches here at TripAdvice are and the weekly, if not daily, conversations that we're having on how amazing their clients are doing. Just incredible. Every day we're getting results. It can be you. Even if you don't think it can be, fill out an application, talk to our team, see if it can be. TripAdvicecoaching.com. 
Let's get into some voicemails. Hey, Trip, thanks for your advice from the podcast. I'm no longer being friend-zoned after the first couple of days, so I appreciate that. I was wondering if you had any thoughts or opinions about the topic of going exclusive with the girl. Uh, just some general questions like uh, how long do you think you should wait before going exclusive? Um, should you be honest or not about going on dates with other people before you go exclusive with the girl? I was also wondering about the concept of abundance when you're kind of on the verge of wanting to go exclusive with the girl. Um, the abundance concept is a great concept, but it gets a little awkward when you really like one person because from a desire standpoint, you're like, well, I don't really have much desire to go on dates with other people other than this girl. And also just from a practical sense between work and other things, you only have so much time and energy to go on other dates with other people um, rather than the girl that you really like that you're thinking about becoming uh, exclusive with. So, yeah, just wondering your thoughts and opinions about this topic. And thanks so much for your podcast. It's a great help. Bye. All right. So it turns out I thought I had a couple voicemails. It's just that one. This guy left a voicemail twice. Looks like he left a second one to get more of his thoughts in order. And that was the one that we listened to. Anyway, thanks for calling in. And I'm glad that we got you out of the friend zone. Amazing. These are great questions. Okay. So I wrote a whole list down from your, from your voicemail here. We'll start from the top. How long to wait before going exclusive? I say on average, anywhere from about four to six months, somewhere around there, probably closer to that four month range. That seems pretty normal. Longer the better. So I would err on the side of caution here and and longer the better. So if you're like, I don't know what to do, longer is a little bit better. Why? I like longer because what ends up happening is if you get into a relationship too fast and you don't really know the person, and of course, you know, if you get into a relationship at four to six months compared to like, you've been dating someone or in a relationship for three years. Yeah. You know, someone a lot better as time goes on, but you need the initial four to six months to really gauge who is this person? How do they handle life? Do they have any issues that will cause stress? If we get into a relationship, are they going to be adding to my life? Or are they going to be a liability on my life, right? Are they an asset or are they a liability? These are the general things you should be looking at and you can see the examples as you're dating them. Are they complaining a lot? Are they a happy person? Do they feel organized with their life or are they a mess? Do they have friends? Are they a big drinker? or have any mental illnesses, any kind of deep-rooted emotional issues that are not looked after. So things that you might not know on date one, and it takes date 20 or 30 to really get to that point. And date 20 or 30 is going to be around three, four, five, six months. So that's when you're going to do it. Okay, so you said how long to wait before going exclusive around that time. Now, then you said honest about 
going on dates before going exclusive. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, right? I've, I've talked about this before. My belief and my opinion here is there's honest and then there's brutally honest, right? Brutally honest is maybe offering information, which I think is unnecessary here. For example, you're dating a girl for two months. You're not exclusive yet. You're still dating out there. Are you going to go on a date with the girl that you've been two months on dates with and say to her that you had a great date last night with someone else? No, that's not going to help anything. She's not going to like that. Are you allowed to? From an ethical standpoint, I think so. Now, there's versions of this, right? You've been dating a girl for two months, for example, and you've seen her three times a week for two months. I'm a little curious why you're going on a date with someone at that point. That's not her. So it all depends. Sometimes people see each other a lot in the first couple months. Sometimes two months is once a week. You've seen the person eight times. Are you dedicated to them? You're not married to them. You're not exclusive. You're not monogamous. So you can do that and that's fine. And if she asks you, but by the way, I should even say, I've I've worked on this with clients. So a current client here at TripAdvice that I've been working with for several months, we got him a relationship. And right before that, he was dating other women and she would ask, what are we? Where are we? What's going on? And He wasn't convinced that he wanted to be exclusive with her yet. So he said, Trip, what do I say? I said, you know what? Just be honest. What else can you do? I mean, lying is going to make you feel weird. It's not right. It's going to be uncomfortable. Then she's going to think you are exclusive when you're not. It's it's a mess. So I said, just tell her the truth. Yeah, you are going on more dates. And you, yeah, I mean, that was it. I think we said maybe like he'd also say that he's still online and doing online dating. Guess what happened? Was she happy about it? No. Did she stick around? Yep. Not saying every woman's going to stick around after that, but that's the price you have to pay for dating multiple women at once. So if they ask you, yeah, just tell them the truth. I wouldn't be like, yeah, I hooked up with a girl a couple days ago. I mean, you know, there's, there's versions here. You can be a little bit lighter. I'm sure she doesn't want to know that anyways. So that's the answer for that. Then you said abundance. I really want to get into this because this was a great question. You asked, what about the idea of having that abundant mindset when you go exclusive? What happens there? Well, here's the thing. You should always have the abundant mindset in theory. Okay, so the abundance mindset is a mindset that says you don't need to settle for any specific woman if you don't want to because you know you have the ability and opportunities to meet other women. That's all that is. It's a non-needy mindset. So a lot of guys, they have a needy mindset. They're not in abundance. They don't feel they can meet a lot of women. They're not putting in the right effort to meet a lot of women. So they're, they're needy. But a guy who's in an abundance mindset, maybe he's dating multiple women, knows he can date multiple women, knows he has the skills to do it. He's not going to be as needy for her. 
And that's going to be good for attraction because you lose attraction with neediness, but you also, it's good for you anyways, because you should not be completely only focused on her. You need to be doing other things with your life anyways. That's also where hobbies come in. So when you start to get into a relationship, even before a relationship, really just now, (laughs) you should have hobbies in your life. You know, a winter hobby, a summer hobby, a year round hobby, because that's going to help you with not being needy. It's going to keep you busy doing other things. So that helps with the neediness aspect. So abundance, it's there for you, I would say, for different benefits. So the beginning of a relationship or the beginning when you're just out there dating, abundance helps with not settling for any woman who's not going to be a great fit and also not being needy. And then the abundance mindset in the relationship is knowing that, hey, if it doesn't work out in this relationship and this relationship starts to fall apart, I will find another woman. So that's where I would go with that. Thanks for writing in. I'm writing in. I'm so used to saying that. Thanks for calling in, sir. If you guys have questions, call me, 323-432-0025, and I'd be really excited to answer your question here on the podcast. We got one here from what looks like anonymous. Yep. Hey, Trip, love the podcast. Please keep my name private. Thanks. Multi-part question for you, please. I'm legally blind. I do have some vision, but not enough to make approaching women easy, especially when it's dark wherever I am. My question is, do you have any ideas or tips on where I can meet women with my situation and how I could try to approach or talk to them? And the second part, any ideas on how I could use my situation to my advantage? In other words, turn a negative into a positive. My friends aren't really into going out, and I should say I'd rather focus on daytime, not bars and clubs anyways. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. Okay. You know what's funny? The people who we coach or the people who write in who are not blind or partially blind or legally blind, they, funny enough, they say the same thing, right? Like a lot of guys who say, my friends aren't really into going out. I'd rather focus on daytime, not bars and clubs anyways. So you're not in that much of a unique position in terms of that much, okay? So just know that. Totally cool and okay to just focus on daytime meeting women in person. Now, it's interesting. I, I, I'm curious why you didn't also bring up the fact that you're doing online dating. Online dating would be really helpful for you because you have this handicap. Online dating, online dating is going to be easier in that sense, right? So I definitely would make that part of your repertoire. But then again, that's my advice for everyone anyways, to have that part of your repertoire, but make sure that that is part of it. Okay. Now you said any ideas or tips on where I can meet women with my situation or how you could approach and talk to them. It's going to be no different. It's going to be no different. Now, the only difference I guess for you is, I mean, you might not know what they exactly look like. So that I I don't know what to tell you there. You're just going to have to go for it and see what happens. And I'm guessing, I don't know exactly your, your situation with your blindness, but maybe once you get close enough, you'll know what they look like. But in terms of what they think or how they're reacting to you, nothing changes. The advice sticks. 
everything I've said before, going up, saying a line, hey, I wanted to introduce myself. That's it. Now, I'm going to be realistic with you. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Is it going to be harder for you? Yeah, of course it is, right? You have a challenge here that is preventing you from potentially being your most attractive self, okay? Being that if you are looking and not able to give really good eye contact with them, that's going to be kind of tough. But what are you going to do? Give up? No, you're not. So what can you do? And this is how we're going to turn a negative into a positive. And it's funny because every guy should be working on this anyways. But for you, especially, we really need to work on our charm, our charisma, our ability to talk to people without caring about what do you know, right back to our theme today, judgment. So we have to try. I don't want you to prep too much. Again, I have guys who are not legally blind that say similar things. I, you know, just because they're scared. So they want to know, like, well, what are the tips? What could I do? It's no different. You just got to throw yourself in the fire. It's going to be a little bit harder. I'm hoping, at least, again, it was a little unclear because it, it was a very quick question on your end that you have the ability to go up and, and see enough where you know, okay, I'm going to go up to this woman and, and do that. I don't know if you need help or someone to be there with you. It doesn't sound like you do. But because you said you do have some vision, but I get it. It's going to be hard. That's it. There's no, there's no real secret here. You have to do it. Now, I'm going to give you another negative and a positive. I'm going to focus on outer qualities. We all know that when you have really great inner qualities and outer qualities, inner qualities being your behaviors, outer qualities being lifestyle, wealth, health, those things, when you have it all figured out, you're going to be the most attractive version of you. Now, for a guy like you who is going to be struggling with this handicap, so to speak, it might be a way to really push the outer quality side. Working out, working on your career, trying to be super wealthy, trying to work on all the personal development aspects in order to kind of like in a such a negative connotation when I say this, but like overcompensate for this impairment. But you know, there's going to be guys out there who might not work hard on that stuff because they don't have an issue like this. So they're really just going to work on their inequalities and optimize their outer qualities and kind of be on their way. When you can really see this as a, as a way to get super motivated so that a woman doesn't have a choice but to go on a date with you. Because, okay, even though you might not be have great vision or be able to look her in the eye when you guys are speaking, she sees this at least guy who's looks super healthy, dresses super well, super charismatic, wearing nice clothes, super invested in their career, passionate, does well for himself, and has no choice to be, but to want to be part of this awesome lifestyle that you have. Is that an overnight fix? No, it's not. But what in life is easy? I don't know, not too much. And I know for you, my friend, life is a little bit more tough because of your situation, but that's why we can turn it a negative into a positive. Maybe this lights a fire under your butt to work even harder on all the areas. So let's do that. 
And let's get out there and approach and see what happens and not focus too much on the what ifs and let's actually put things into real life here. Get the data, go out there, do the approaches, go during the day, make it happen. Hope that helps, buddy. All right, next question. Hey, Trip, Dave from Australia. I've been a longtime listener and I thank you for all the content you provide. My question, I matched with a girl on Bumble. I was going through her town on a train when we matched. I messaged her, told her the situation and asked if she would like to meet. We met up. She picked me up and went for drinks. We headed off in the first second. We laughed. We joked. We shared stories, everything. I led the conversation, showed masculinity without being over the top I never connected with a female like this. I was reading the play as things played out. I couldn't believe how much she was into me. It was mental the way we connected. Okay, I wonder where this is going. It came time for me to leave after two hours. So we left the hotel. We kissed in the park. She dropped me off at the station. We kissed again and planned to meet up. I lived one and a half hours away from her, but had planned to relocate in about a month to her town prior to meeting her. We discussed all this. Now, a few days later, she tells me that she's not keen to meet again. I said, fair enough. That's your call, and I respect that. I asked why. Did I do anything? Could she just give me some feedback on something I did? All she said was, you did nothing wrong. I'm just not feeling the spark. Now, this is where I'm completely fucking lost. We didn't have a spark. There were fireworks, and it was amazing how she responded when we met. Humor connection. We loved the hobbies, almost too good to be true. Yet it, yep, it was. I believe I'm a good judge of character and can read a situation, but this has completely shattered everything I've been working on and building. Any advice, tips, thoughts, algorithms to help me solve this problem? I'll be honest, it really ripped deep. I thought, well, I guess that's the problem. I thought. Cheers. Okay. Interesting. I'll be honest. It really ripped deep. I thought, well, I guess that's the problem. I thought funny, funny. uh, I'm not laughing at you. I'm absolutely laughing with you. I feel like I read this in the tone that you, that you, you wrote it. So I'm so glad you wrote in, man. This is such a good question and such a great lesson for everyone to learn. Stop. And I know I'm, I'm I'm exaggerating here a little bit, but you're going to get what I mean when I say what I'm about to say. Stop falling in love on the first date. Guys, I don't care how great your connection was, how you kissed, maybe you even had sex. I don't care about the insane connection, the humor, because you never know what's going to happen. So don't ever get your hopes up. That's a mindset to be learned. I know it's sort of a sad one, like, ah, where's the romance? Where's the Hollywood story? It doesn't exist. And it really, it shattered me for a while, but I got over it and so will you. It's not a big deal. Just the reality. And the reality is that women will really just be living in the emotions that they're having in the moment. So she could be swept away in the moment and romantic and fun. Then the next moment, 
She's not in that moment anymore. And she's not living in the emotions of the moment. So that's it. And she's over it. So yeah, that happens. I've had it happen to me quite a bit. Quite a bit, yeah. I was just like, what? That was the best date ever. And you ghosted me? Huh? What the fuck? How'd that happen? But yeah, it does. So let's not hate women for it. Just the way it is. It's uh, the reality of, of, of what happens here. So we got to get into the mindset where nothing is until it is. And even then we don't know. And also it's a good lesson on how women think. So you may have felt that and you might be projecting that onto her. Now I know you might be listening and going, no, Trip, trust me, the way she was acting, it's not. there's no way. There's no way I was projecting it. I know she felt it. But we don't know if she lied to you. Maybe she just got out of a relationship and doesn't want to tell you. Maybe she went on another date and liked someone more. Maybe you had bad breath. Even though it sounds like you kissed a couple times, but it's still worth saying. You never know. I don't know. Maybe you were texting. Maybe she got a little freaked out because you were so excited on this date that the mystery was gone and it came off needy or you texted her. You also said here, I lived one and a half hours away from her, but had planned to relocate in about a month to her town prior to meeting her. Okay. Okay. I'm reading that correctly. I was going to say, maybe she got freaked out that you were saying you were going to move there. (laughs) Um, you know, but it sounds like you were doing that anyways, but point is, is we don't know something turned her off. Don't, here's the most important thing, Dave and everyone out there. Don't let this deter you. This kind of connects to what I was saying on our last caller about abundance. You need to be dating multiple women. You don't know what's going to happen. And listen, one day, Dave and listeners, you will have this happen and she will want to see you again. And the connection was real and it was there. So it's going to take a lot of dates to go through it. So don't beat yourself up by it. So that's my advice. Get into the mindset. This is going to happen. And dude, whatever you did here, keep doing it. This is one of those lessons where it's not like, wow, everything must, something must have gone wrong. I need to change something. It sounds to me just based off of what you're saying here, nothing else that I know of, that you actually did a really good job. So keep doing this thing that you're doing. You're connecting with people. You played it well. You know, joking, sharing stories. Yeah, just reading this kind of through, through again here, it's just maybe you were showing too much excitement and maybe you were mentioning, wow, this connection is so good. Wow, 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 I don't know if you were like saying that. And it's just a turn off. Just sounds a little needy. So anyway, hope that helps. This one's from Jesus. Hello, Trip and staff. Love your podcast. I listen two times a week for sure. I'm a male, 40 years old, high value guy, not a simp. I've been dating this 33-year-old woman for two months. We had good time and dates. She's opening up. We kissed, but no sex yet. She's a cool chick to have fun with. I like her. She seems to like me too. But this week, I just came back from a two-week out-of-the-country trip. I messaged her a little bit during this time, and I feel that could be the problem. 
This week I called her to say hi and she sounded busy and cold and has not called me back yet to ask me about my trip. She hides her Instagram stories from me so I cannot watch her life, but I have other I have other profiles where I see stories and it seems that she's back with her ex. Ooh, I see her in family parties with him and her TikTok saying that she is going to settle with that guy. So is it worth pursuing this girl? Should I text her or let her be with her ex for now or until he fucks up again? And will she come back to me? Jesus from California. Damn, man. Bummer. Funny, this is uh, kind of similar to this other guy, right? He had good times. Um, I will say this. some Something that stuck out to me. I don't know if you're choosing not to have sex. So if you are, disregard this, if it's a abstinent thing. But why are you not having sex? And you're dating a woman for two months. Something seems weird to me here. That seems a little simpy. Because my guess is, again, unless this is like for religious reasons, I don't think it is. My guess is you want to have sex, but why aren't you? So that really hinders the connection between a woman after spending that much time with her. But bottom line is, yeah, she, she, she's going with her ex. This is why we don't, another great, a lot of lessons here today. This is why we don't stick around with women who just got out of relationships because you deal with this bullshit. So we don't want to date someone who's fresh out of a relationship, especially one that might be a long relationship. So dude, you said you're not a simp. You know what the simp move is? It's going back to her or not going back to her, but trying with her. So is it worth pursuing this girl? You ask? No. Should I text her? No. Should you let her be with her ex for now? Yes. Or until he fucks up again? I don't care what happens in that relationship anymore. You're done, man. You're not for what? Because you hung out with her for two months? That's nothing. You're a high value guy. Your words. I'm a male 40 year old high value guy, not a simp. So get someone who's, who's single. Giving you tough love here, bud. Get someone who's single not someone who went back to their ex. That's weak too. Very bad character on her part. Dating for two months completely ghosts you, blocks your Instagram stories. What a loser. Yeah, that's right. I said it. That's a loser character. Like, ugh, dude, please be turned off by this. Be turned off by that. That's bad behavior. And you want her. Terrible. You know, it's just terrible. She's not worth it. It's over. So I hope that I kind of virtually smacked you across the face here and uh, smack some sense into you. We're not going for women who don't want us. I just put out a Instagram reel where I talked just about this. And I think I put it on TikTok too, where I said, You need to train yourself that the minute a woman doesn't like you, you got to be mentally checked out because the greatest quality a woman could have is to realize your worth. I'll say that again. Quote me on it. One of the greatest qualities a woman can have 
is realizing your worth and seeing how amazing you are. Because if she doesn't see that, I don't care who she is, how beautiful she is, how smart, how fun, how feminine, how powerful, how rich, whatever, doesn't matter. You're better than that. If you want to get your questions answered, email in trip at tripadvice.com. I can't wait to answer your questions here on the podcast. Call me 323-432-0025. Leave a voicemail. I want to thank everyone for writing in, calling in, and listening. You guys rock. Hope this was a motivational episode because we we gave some tough love. We kicked some ass and uh, really happy about it. You guys rock. Trip here, signing off. Talk to you on the next episode.